sadness, no disappointment, no discouragement, nothing on that level are we to experience because that's not why you made this day for us. So we can rejoice and be glad even in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of exercising our faith for the things that we need. Uh, we can lift you up at all times, and, and so we thank you that we have that ability, and it changes things. Your presence changes us, and it changes circumstances. It changes everything. So we thank you, Lord, for your holy presence with us today. In Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. Amen, amen, amen again. Amen. So... um we're going to continue talking about God's healing is more than enough. Amen. That, oh, thank you, Miss Nola. Um, <clears throat> I use, I use ink pens instead of bookmarks and they, they don't work either. So whatever. I look around the bookmark is sitting somewhere. I say, Oh Lord, that's supposed to be on a page. Remind me of something. But anyway, <laughs> but God is good. Amen. And his mercy endures forever. His mercy is everlasting. And we love the Lord and we thank God for everything that he's doing uh, with us, everything that he's doing in our lives and everything that he's doing in his church. So we thank God for all things. So it's it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Amen. So so we left off yesterday. We we're talking about um, how what wholeness means how how uh people come into wholeness um and um some of the things that we have to work through in order to keep our faith strong um your faith is there to be exercised uh for you to receive God's kingdom anything that pertains to God's kingdom must come through faith and so it's a challenge sometimes to keep your faith uh, um, where God can see it. I put it that way: to exercise your faith and and uh, utilize your faith and keep it uh, in the open and keep it where uh, it's active and it's working on your behalf. Many times we have to work through our own mental resistance to God's word and and uh, the things that we think or the things that we dwell on, or the maybes, or the possibilities, or the what-ifs. Those are all things that, that will challenge our, our faith response to situations. But if, if at the end of that thought you can say, I still believe it's going to be like God said, I still believe I'm healed, I still believe, uh, you can win that faith challenge. Um, and, and, and just continue to believe God. One of the ways to, uh, um, to win that challenge is to continually feed on the Word of God. Continually hear the Word of God. And this is where many times people slip and don't realize they're slipping. Because we can think because we, we haven't quote unquote quit or given up that we're still in faith. But your faith can be laying on the shelf somewhere and you think you're, you're still believing God or you're still holding on to something, but then little by little you're not as, as expectant about things. See, faith carries with it an expectation. If you don't expect anything, nothing's gonna come to you. 
Amen. Faith is an act as well. So there are things that we have to do to keep our faith engaged and to act on our faith as well as meditating on the word of God. Because we know that the carnal mind cannot appreciate the things that God can't understand them, has nothing really to do with them. So the carnal mind will tend to resist whatever it is that God's word is is saying to us. You know, if if God tells you he's going to uh, increase your income, uh, uh, you know, by by he's going to double it before the year is over, you know, your carnal mind is going to try and figure out, well, where am I going to be working and where is that going to come from and how's that going to happen and all of that. And so your carnal mind will resist the word of God every single time because it, it comes from a different place. It's a foreign it's a foreign substance to your carnal mind. The word of God is. And so it, it, you have to challenge the natural realm with your faith. You have to challenge your history with your faith. You have to challenge your family history with your faith. You have to challenge everything with it. But also you have to know what the word of God says about your situation. You know, I'll, I'll see people making statements like, well, the doctor said this, but God has the last word. Well, what is that? You know, it's kind of like, I mean, it sounds good, like it's argumentative, but it's not definitive. You know, it doesn't commit God to do anything. So if you don't know what the last word is by his stripes, you're healed or or one of the healing scriptures, then you're just standing on nothing. And so many times people think that they're they're believing God to be healed, but they have no word inside of them. They have no word that they meditate on. They have no word that they they are using to rebuke the enemy with. Uh, there's just a, a hope there that somehow God will come to your rescue and do something for you. But God responds to his word. It's his word that's medicine. It is word that comes to pass, and it's his word that will renew your mind. It will will transform you into a person who 100% believes God, has no doubt whatsoever, and 100% believes God. And so it's good to to feed on God's word. It's good to know what God says. It's good to know uh, where God's heart is, what he thinks about different things. That's You find those things out by studying and meditating on the word of God. And so you'll find sometimes that, that people have gone years without cracking their Bible open. You know, they sit up in church and they, they amen everything or don't amen anything or whatever, but they're, they're not as, as strong in the word as they might need to be in order to get the things that they need from the Lord. So that's very, very important is to constantly feed on the word of God. Uh, you can hear all kinds of things, but you don't have to feed on them. Amen. What you feed on is the word of God. What you feed on is what you accept and what you desire and what you want. And so make make the word of God your delight. Make the word of God uh, rich to you in something you desire and you will always pursue and go after the word of God. And many times we get so low on the word of God, you know, if somebody comes up to you and tells you a scripture, you get mad at them. Amen. 
because it happens to people, you know, um, and, and that shows you need that word more than you know. Amen. That's that's the answer to wherever you're at now that you don't like. The word is your answer. And putting the word to work is is the best uh the best way to answer and respond to things. Uh put that word to work. If you're believing God for uh increase in your um your income, what are you doing every day? Not every now and then, every day. To see that happen. What are you doing every day? To make that a reality. Amen. And see many times we'll sit around and say we're waiting on something. But God's waiting for you to employ yourself. Busy yourself. Ready yourself. Amen. And put yourself to work. It, you you prosper by the work of your hands. You know if you don't keep your hands in something. There's no prosperity coming. Amen. It's like people who sit around and say they're waiting on a job. Well, you got to go and find it. It won't come and find you. And so, uh, you know, these are things, these are simple things that, that, you know, you don't have to be real brainy in the word to understand these things. You have to send something out with your faith in order to get prosperity and get a return from God. Amen. Uh, I remember a woman that, um, she, she uh asked she was at i don't know i think she was at uh, 700 club has these dinners at at holidays thanksgiving christmas and so forth and and uh pat robertson would they all attended all the staff attended and uh, pat robertson would often just go around shaking hands meeting people and everything and he saw a lady sitting there and she was uh you know just having her dinner and he chatted with her and he asked her, you know, what she did for a living. And she said she wasn't working at the time. And he was, he said, well, I'll pray with you about that. He said, but let me ask you this. He said, is there anything that you do, any skill that you have that, that, that you, you are crafty at or can, can do, you know, anything you could set your hands to. And she said, well, not a whole lot of stuff. He, she said, but I'm fond of making these little something. It's like an ornament or something. And she could make them really, really fast. And so they prayed that God would open a door. He said, well, if you can get some money to, to get some, some product and so forth, he said, would you do that and just start making them? Just start making them. And we'll believe that God will open a door for you to be able to, you know, sell those things. And she set her hand at making them. She didn't quit making them. She didn't look at them and say, nobody's bought any. See, this is where you defeat your own faith. Because you think when you do one, somebody's going to run and get it. Other than that, it's not working. God's looking for you to get committed to it. You got me? If you're not committed to it, he's not committed to it. Why would he back you up and you're just going to quit when you just get sick of it? See, so you have to employ yourself at things until you get past the point of I'm tired. It's not working. It's not going to work. It's never going to prosper. You got to work past that point and see if that's where the enemy stops you. You'll never prosper. 
because he's got you cornered. All he has to tell you is that's not going to do anything. You, you know, who you think wants that stuff? And, and that don't look like nothing. And then he'll send 15 people over to discourage you about it. Amen. And so he, this lady just sat there and made him just like she was told to do, obeyed the man of God. And, and, um, she got a phone call from somebody who had a craft fair or something like that. And they said, okay, do you have enough of those done to, to bring to the craft? Oh yeah. You know, she brought them to the craft fair. Some people that were manufacturers came by the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she went into business with these people. Amen. She sat there and showed them how it was done. She agreed to oversee it, make sure people were taught how to do them. And they were in all the big box stores, you know, very soon. And she's a very well-to-do woman now, just from setting her hand to something consistently. See, you got to do it long enough to convince yourself that it's going to work. If you don't do something long enough to convince yourself it's going to work, it's never going to work. You're the person that needs to be convinced. Amen. God knows it's going to work. Amen. The devil knows it's going to work. That's why he'll come and try to discourage you. Amen. (laughs) You're the one who's got to be convinced that it's going to work. And this woman, it, it was very well off. She started supporting 700 clubs. She would, you know, give. And when they were, they would have those dinners. She'd come right back there and she'd always give her testimony about how God prospered her through just that one step out. And so when we talk about using our faith, we're talking about something that is continual. Not just in emergencies. Your faith is not your emergency parachute. For when you get hard up for something and you can't go another day until you get that bill paid. Amen. Your faith is to be used continually to prosper your life, to guide your life. And so once you understand that you have to keep your faith out there before God, when, when, when the disciples came back and, and complained to Jesus about the boat being full of water, he said, where is your faith? Where is it? Huh? See, we need to know. You need to know where it is at all times. Amen? Theirs was either in their pocket somewhere. Amen? Tucked away under the pillow or they left it on shore. Amen? Or it was in the, the water coming in the boat. That's where their faith was. It wasn't in, in being calm and, and getting a remedy to the problem. That's why they ran to Jesus. It's like he's got to have all the answers. He said, you got faith of your own to use to take care of these things. He rebuked them constantly for their lack of utilizing their faith. Not that they didn't have it. You know, they had it. You, We all have it. You got to keep it employed in something. Amen. So you got to keep your faith in there. You got to keep it. It moving you got to keep it mobilized you got to keep it active you have to constantly uh think possibilities in your meditation you know you got to think you know i could i could get this done you know this is something that's possible whereas it was a problem and, and you didn't see a solution five minutes ago 
you start meditating and, and using your faith to think possibilities. And you'll find out there's a lot of them that God will give you. Amen. There's a lot of solutions to everything that we face down here. And so this is where God wants us to, to, uh, to win the battle of faith or no faith. You've got to make up your mind. You're going to win this and say, God, I'm going to get this. I am not going to be a mediocre Christian that doesn't know how to believe you for anything and and always dropping back to square one, frustrated and tired and all that kind of stuff. I am going to get this. I'm going to prosper. So you have to be determined. Because in in see, if you can make that statement, then that means that you know God has given you everything you need to succeed. See, if you think you're lacking in something all the time, you'll never be able to make it to that that level that you want to get to. He's already given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. So you're not lacking in anything. You just got to learn how to. It's like, you know, if I, somebody used to tell me, my husband used to tell me this stuff. He said, I don't know how you can go in the kitchen and come out of there with some of the stuff. I look in there and I don't see anything. I'm looking at you looking for ready made. Hey, I'm looking for ingredients. Amen. He go looking for, he never seen nothing but ready made. Amen. My right, Poppy. <laughs> So you gotta, you got all the ingredients. We all do. Just gotta put them to use. Amen. Gotta put them to use. I was listening to a testimony of a woman that, uh, uh, Brother Hagen was saying that, uh, he would pray for her children. And he said, he said now, he, he was thinking about it and he said he was in his office and uh, he kept thinking about this situation. He couldn't figure it out. And he said, he put his Bible down. He said, okay, God, I got to know this. You got to talk to me. You got to tell me what's going on here. And the situation was this woman that seldom came to church. He said they would have, they had Sunday day and night services. Uh, he said she would come to like the Sunday night service like every two or three months. He said she never gave in the offering. Um, you know, it, 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 she had three children. He said they were, all of them were preschoolers. Um, he said the husband wasn't saved, didn't come. He said somebody told him once that she had answered an altar call like the year before and gave her heart to the Lord, but she didn't follow up very much on it, it seemed. He said, but whenever her children would get sick, she would call him. He said, and they got healed every single time. And he said that the deacon and was married to the Sunday school teacher. They call him and their kids never got healed. And he asked God what the difference was. Amen. Well, it's obvious to anybody the difference is somebody's using their faith and somebody ain't. See, and faith comes by hearing the word. It don't come from being in church all the time. You know, I mean, you should be in church. She would have been helped a whole lot more. Think what she could have done if she were regular in her church attendance and learned some stuff and was a giver. But she was desperate for her kids to be healed. Amen. And God healed them every time. And and she would 
talk to Brother Hagen. She, he said every time she would call him, before he would get there, she was already standing out on the porch. She would either meet him on the porch or or in the middle of the road or something like that. She was expecting, see? And he said the deacon's wife, he would ring the doorbell and it would take 10 minutes. He said by the time she got there, he was sitting on the steps because he got tired of knocking. He knew somebody was in there because they called him. And then he said when she would answer the door, she would say, oh, it's you. I don't know why, you know, husband called you because we never get healed over here. You see? It's faith. Faith works by love. Amen. You keep your heart pure and you expect God to do something for you. Amen. It's just that simple. Amen. If you, if you don't have any kind of doubts, fears, or hangovers, animosities, or anything, hey, your faith will work smooth like butter. Amen. Just like he said before even what he could even lay hands on some of those kids, they'd be, the fever would be leaving them. Amen. And, and, and it's because of her faith and expecting God. And she told him, she said, Brother Hagen, I know I don't come to church much. You know, may too much to me, but uh, you know, God loves them little kids. And he did say call for the elders of the church and God will heal them too. You see what I'm saying? And it's just that simple. Amen. Keeping your faith engaged is just that simple. Amen. And so that's what God's looking at. He's looking at faith. Amen. He'll get her to church. You know, she's saved. He'll make sure she improves on what she's doing. Amen. But right now her kids need to be healed. And he's honoring her faith for that. And so we we need to understand how faith works and how to keep it engaged at all times. Always put your faith out there. Put that word that you're believing out there. When you get up in the morning, begin to thank God for all of the things that you're believing him for. Lord, I thank you that I have so-and-so now. I thank you I have these things. You've given them to me already in the person of your son. You paid for all of these things with your own blood, and I'm receiving the benefit of that every single day. And I thank you for what you're doing for me every day. And, Lord, I thank you to give me creative ideas today. I thank you to give me... uh, new ideas today i thank you to give me what we're doing next the next step and the next level here and and all of the things that we want to see god do we need to start uh putting them forth with our mouth and then in in the time that you have where we're you know in your meditation time begin to see yourself actively working with those things I mean, doing exactly what you have just said you're going to do. Start seeing yourself doing that. Seeing yourself receiving those things. Seeing yourself getting uh, the help and the, the understanding that you need. All of these things. Just see yourself doing those instead of always wondering when it's going to happen. And moping and oh boy and here it comes and oh wow, what's next, you know. Um, you can, you give yourself away with what you expect. By your reaction. Amen. It's like you're almost expecting bad news. Here it comes again. I just knew it. Amen. And so we need to know something different. Amen. Need to know what God's up to. Need to know. And see, it's about trusting God. If you trust God, you know he's only got good things for you. 
If you ask him something at the end of a conversation, it's going to be all good. Don't be afraid to ask God these different things. God, what do you really want me to do? I know what I want to do, but but what's on your mind for me to do? Amen. Uh, to, today, when I was on my way here, I I had committed to go buy a, a Dollar Tree or something to pick up some things Pastor Shirley and I talked about getting. So I told her, I said, well, I'll leave early and, and get out. That depends, of course, on when Miss Coco finishes snoring all night. She snored louder than any dog I know and and then she'll she'll whine or or howl or something. I go running in there and she'll sleep for another hour. And I'm thinking, well, what's this? This my snooze alarm or, you know, she just won't know I'm around. I guess it's like, is anybody gonna answer? So anyway, we go through that. So I have to take her out and make sure she does what she's supposed to do before I leave. Amen. Outside. And so uh after I got all that done, I saw oh, I'm making pretty good time and I was going to breeze through the the dollar store and I decided to keep looking for what I was looking for. But in the meantime, this lady walked past me limping. So I'm thinking to myself, I said, OK, God, I said, I'm going to give her a prayer cloth before I leave here. And um I kept walking by the door. She went in the storage room and I went by the door. She never came out. So that caused me to have to go to a different part of the store. And as I was going around, I said, oh, here's the stuff I really was looking for. So it helped me out that I had to be there for a while. And I found some more items. And then I started looking around again. I didn't see her. So I just went and checked out. And then I said, well, just go back in one more time. Amen. How many of you know one more time is usually what it takes? And so sure enough, she was standing on a ladder putting some food away and I asked her I said how's your leg and she went through it and told me all she had to have in the surgery and it's got to have a knee replacement I've been putting it off I'm gonna go ahead and have it I said well I said if it's painful I said can I give you a prayer cloth that oh yeah I don't refuse (laughs) you know what I'm saying and so we went through that and and uh, she was getting down off the ladder and I thought about praying for her and I said, no, I'm going to instruct her on how to use this cloth. And I told her, I said, the anointing is on there, the same anointing you would get if I prayed for you. I said, it's on that cloth. I said, put it anywhere on your body. I said, God knows where to where to touch you and take that pain away. I said, and heal you. I said, start believing him to repair some of this stuff while we're at it. And so anyway, so so we were able to do that but sometimes your faith will will have to take you around for a little bit before it'll manifest so don't give up you know at first i thought to myself i said well god maybe she won't be open to it you know how you start thinking it's best not to think too much just to make up your mind you're gonna pursue until it happens but it just shows you how sometimes exercising your faith will take will will be challenged you know that there's some challenges and these challenges will come in lots of different forms sometimes there are own thoughts sometimes there are our memories things that we've been through things that we 
decide to focus on now, you know, instead of the word and, and pursuing the word and making sure that we do everything we can to keep our faith active, alive, uh, <clears throat> to keep believing God for things. And so once you, you do that, then the devil won't rob you. Get the maximum out of your faith. We gave that example yesterday about King Joash and Elisha the prophet that that many times we don't get as much return on our faith because we don't do the extreme with it. And yesterday we got that example. If you want to turn there quickly, 2 Kings 13 and verse 14. Elisha's on his deathbed and King Joash came, comes and, and asks him to pray for him. Amen. So he had fallen sick and so he, he, he told, tells the, the king to get his bow and arrow. Elisha put his hands on his hands and as he shot the arrow, Elisha told him the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. That's in verse 17. So this was the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you shall smite the Syrians and Aphek until you have consumed them. Now this was the prophecy. Amen. So if you have received that kind of a prophecy, you say, oh boy, you get excited about that, don't you? I mean, you know, till you've consumed them. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, I received that. And he said, take the arrows, and he took them, and he said, now hit them upon the ground. And he hit them twice and stopped. What happened to all the excitement about consuming them? Huh? See, if there's excitement, your faith will transfer to it. And so he hit it twice, got scared and stopped. Amen? And he, he said, and the man of God was angry with him. And he said, you should have done it five or six times. In other words, when you get the devil down, kill him. Amen. Don't let him back up. Learn how to finish things off with your faith, folks. Amen. And and his faith would have told him to do that had he stayed in faith about it. But he probably was never in faith. He's dependent on the man of God's faith to do everything. Well, Elisha, like, (laughs) boy, bye. You know, the, the, the king has already seen the chariots coming to take him away. So it's like, you better do what you, you better ask, help this faith really transfers onto you. So, and, and he had trouble out of the Syrians after two defeats, it was more trouble. And so we have to learn how to expect God's word to come to pass exactly as it says. No changing it up because you think it sounds better or you think it sounds more reasonable. We're not talking about re- God is not reasonable. He's God. Amen. He says, come, let us reason together. Now he'll talk to you and get you to understand him, but he ain't trying to understand you. Amen. And so when, when we talk about, um, our faith, we're talking about maximum results. And see, this is why preachers get mad at preachers that have stuff. Because somebody's after maximum results and somebody's not. 
<laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I mean, you serve the same God, amen, that you could get the same results. And I'm not saying we're all supposed to have everything like the other guy does, but have the maximum of what God has envisioned for you. That's That's what we're talking about here. So we went over to John chapter 5 and we, we talked about this young man at the pool and, and how being made whole is really God's desire for us. Amen. His desire is that we are made whole spirit, soul, mind, and body. Like he wants your mind to agree with him said, love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. Then your neighbor is yourself. So in order for God, us to love God with our mind, we got to think like he thinks. We got to think his word. We've got to think uh, on a higher level than what this world thinks about. And so if we're going to receive the maximum that God has for us, his maximum is that we would be made whole, that we would have soundness, that we would have um, uh, uh, what what the word refers to as shalom, that is nothing missing, nothing broken, everything adding up right, Everything, all your, you know, uh, your, your faith is intact and, and if you're not symptom free, you have faith that you are, you know, you know that you are by faith, that kind of stuff. And so God wants us to live in that realm. He wants us to shoot for that as, as the best, you know, is in having that divine health and not having to depend on man or natural things or anything like that but depending totally on our faith in God. So our wholeness really means spirit, soul, mind, and body to be in agreement with God's word. Amen? So your mind accepts that you're healed. Your your body has received healing. Um, many times we we can get healed and and lose it you know we we talk about this a little bit but it is worth mentioning uh in corporate settings you feel everybody feels wonderful you know i don't know of a a person that will sit under the word of god and focus on how or twinge of pain somewhere unless they choose to you understand what i'm saying uh sometimes people are so attached to how they feel it's hard for them to let it go even when they're under the anointing and in 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 worship and in all of that you know but um uh god really means for us to live in that wholeness of where your mind accepts that you're healed as well as you're healed in your body now you can get alleviation of symptoms through the anointing cuz it does destroy the yoke so when you're in an atmosphere where the anointing is, you can get rid of a pain, you can get rid of anything, but then sometimes it'll come right back on you. Amen. How many of you know that happens? And, and it's not, that's not really God's will for us. His will is for us to be pain free. So really, when it comes back on us, we need to seek God for how to get it to go permanently. Amen. But sometimes we just live with it, amen, because we're so used to living with it. It's like our little teddy bear or something, you know. 
that you nurse all the time, you know, you used to hear people say, um, um, women would call arthritis Arthur. You know, you give it pet names and <laughs> we don't do that. We don't live in that realm, thank God. But that's, that's commonly because they, they're denominational people. Their denomination doesn't allow them to get healed. So you make a pet out of your pain. <laughs> Instead of keeping it as an enemy, if you keep it as an enemy, eventually some enlightenment's going to come to you. If you know God, you love God, he's going to let your eyes fall on a scripture that's going to take care of that at some point. Amen. But don't make a pet out of these things. Amen. Don't, don't make up your mind. You can live with them. Just say, nope, I don't receive you and just keep it at a distance from you as an enemy, as something you resist and something you fight. At some point, that symptom is going to give up and leave you alone. Amen. You don't have to give up and accept it. It will give up and leave you alone. So, so when God's word comes to pass, we want to get everything that he has for us. So being made whole means that, that you have your health, the health that God has provided and you're secure in it. You're not fearing that disease is going to come back on you again. You have it and you know that you have it. So, and, and that's because we have a covenant of health with God. It's an everlasting covenant and it says we are being continually healed. Amen. It's not just a one-time shot and it's supposed to keep you going. Amen. Uh, and, and you get sick like these vaccines, you get sick anyway. Oh yeah, you know what? It really wasn't supposed to keep you from getting sick. It just, if you get sick, you just ain't as sick as you would have been if you didn't get, see what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> Amen. So, double talk. So that's why God has a covenant with us. Cause he doesn't want us to have double talk as our only option for our health. Amen. He said, none of the diseases that he brought upon the Egyptians will he bring upon his people. Amen. He can remove them. He wants them removed. Um, the, we, his covenant required under the Old Testament obedience to the law. That's still the same thing now. Only our law is capsulized and love God with all your heart, soul, worship him, put him first, and love your neighbor as yourself. Don't hold any grudges against anybody. If you have anything against somebody, forgive them. Don't get in my presence and don't like somebody. You got me? <laughs> it's just that simple. So so here we have uh, this this man who is sitting by the pool, and there's some some... Things that, that you need to understand, you, you have to understand that the word is the word, faith is faith, and God is looking for faith, amen? And so, um, and, and it was faith that probably healed people when they jumped in the pool anyway. You know what I'm saying? They believed they would be healed, came out whole. Um, if crippled people had to get in there, they needed somebody to put them in. Amen. And that's where this man was stuck. He felt like if the angel did come in trouble with water, he didn't have anybody to help him. 
And here Jesus is standing right in front of him. Amen. So it says that in verse 5, it says, Certain man was there who had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had been now a long time in that case, he said to him, Will you be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Now, he might have been trying to enlist Jesus to help him to get down to that pool. Amen. And and uh, that was the gist of the conversation. But Jesus has a different answer for him, which if our answer includes anything except the word, he still has a different answer for us too. Amen. Um, I know there are many people who believe in nutritional benefits for things and all of that. But if you look at some of the things that are being promoted, it's something different every month, two months, every year. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, that was in last year, but that's not in anymore. This over here is in now. And so whenever you get man's hand and and man's uh, wanting to profit out of it, involved in things, it's not going to be stable. It's not going to really help you. You know, you're going to have to go to God about it anyway, you know, because you'd be so confused from what people say to you all the time. And so whether this man put his faith in being dipped in the pool and believed that as a point of contact for his health or whether he did what Jesus says is get up and walk, it all was a matter of faith. So once you get the word from God and you know that that he's told you to do something and your healing will come, then you have to do that. And pretty much what we all do is take the medicine of the word. You incline your ear to God's word and you keep putting it in without doubting, without getting tired, without wondering when it's going to happen and and all of that, you know, you have to get beyond that. That when it's going to happen is your your flesh man and your carnal man getting wanting to get involved in a spiritual operation. Amen. And he has no involvement in spiritual things. So you just have to know that at some point your mind is going to start telling you doubtful things. It's going to start challenging whether or not this is really going to work. Amen. And we've all been there. We go there. We visit there. You understand when those thoughts come to us? But at the end of the day, you've got to confess that God's word is true. This is really going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen, but God cannot lie and he will not lie. And he said it and I believe it and I'm standing on that. And that's all there is to the conversation. Amen. And always bring yourself back to standing on the word of God and understanding. So Jesus asked the man, will you be made whole? Now, being made whole means getting your doctrine straight. That's part of the wholeness. So he can't go around and tell people this legend anymore about the angel. Because that's not how he got healed. So this is killing the angel story. You got me? And in the kingdom now, 
becomes available to everybody. Amen. So before it was just the first guy, you know, I mean, this is just sounds like so not God to me. It just sounds so mean. You're crippled and you're trying to get down here. Oh, <laughs> you didn't make it down in time, cripple boy. Crawl back up there where you were. Wait again. Come on, y'all. Compare that to, will you be made whole? Will you let me heal you? That's really what Jesus was saying to him. Just let me do this. Let me show you the right way that it's done. Amen. But see, doctrine always comes sometimes with a twist to it. And I'm not talking about correct doctrine, but I'm talking about religious doctrine, fables, tales, things that people have said generationally over and over and over God doesn't heal everybody because I know somebody who believed God. Well, you don't know what they believed. You see, only God knows what they believe. Amen. And so, you know, we we have to let go of everything except the word, except believing, taking God at his word and believing his word. And so it, it says here when Jesus said, get up, take up your bed and walk immediately. The man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. So faith went into this man. He made the decision to obey Jesus. And he began to make the motions toward getting up. And that's when his wholeness came. Amen. Oftentimes, us making a decision to move toward something God has for us will start us to prosper in that thing. You know, once you decide... You're going to do it. You'll start to see some, sometimes a little bit of a fruit off of that decision will start to come to you. Amen. Sometimes if you, if I've done this with, with, um, offerings that I wanted to send the people that God told me to send. He said, if, if you'll sow into this, I'll do, you know, you want what they have. Sow into it. Amen. And and before I can write the check or get it done or something like that, I start to see the results of it. You see, the decision to do it. God knows you're a person of integrity. He knows me. He knows I'm going to do it. Amen. He knows the end at the beginning. He sees me doing it already once I decide to do it. Don't play around with stuff like that, y'all. Don't Don't get to the point where... You take that for granted. Already, always respect that and honor that and, and do what, what God tells you to do. Amen. And, and so be a person who knows how to follow through. Don't commit with your mouth too much. Got me? And, and let be discreet and let God handle these things and, and put you in position where you can, can receive what, what you need to receive. So once it says immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. Amen. He got rid of the doctrine that said not everybody could be healed. Amen. That's really what that said. And so your doctrine needs to be straightened out too, as well as you getting what you need from God. See, it's more important for you to get your head right and your heart right 
and your mouth right than it is for you to get a bunch of stuff. And see, people sometimes think because they have things, that means their faith is wonderful. You know, sometimes your faith is wonderful and sometimes this is, you know, <laughs> see how long you keep it. That's that's what I always tell people. You know, faith has to hold on to the things that we receive as well. And so <clears throat> Jesus was able to move this man off of a bad foundation, off of works, because you had to get a bunch of people involved, amen, and move you around in order to get your miracle from God, amen. And it's like Jesus comes up to him and says, well, okay, if you want to, if you're interested in moving around as a crippled man, why don't you just get up and take your bed up? Amen. Amen. Why don't you try that? Because faith is faith. If he had faith for somebody to take him down to the pool and then get in after the angel troubled the water, he's using his faith on that level. Jesus wants him to use it on a higher level. Amen. Where it's not so much failure involved. See, there's no failure involved in God's faith. Amen. There's no failure involved in his faith. So um, we have to get it on the basis of faith alone. Amen. Faith alone. Amen. So, um, Jesus. Jesus said, only believe, believe and not doubt. Amen. And that's what this man did. He caught him at a point where he was willing to step out in faith, exercise his faith without doubt coming in and robbing him. Amen. Because that's what was happening. He was thinking, I can't get down to the pool. So there's doubt robbing him even of something that had a faulty doctrine to it. So. Amen. So doubt will always rob you of going forward and taking that step. Amen. Probably if he could have stepped anyway without <laughs> before Jesus got there, if he just could have got up and started saying, I'm going to use my faith. I'm going to try to walk today. Amen. Get up out of my bed. And, and so these are things that we can look at and say, boy, you know what? That really works. That faith stuff really works. You can actually get somewhere with your faith. Uh, in Matthew chapter nine, we see the woman with the issue of blood and she's been going to doctors. So that's works. Amen. Whenever you got to pay for something, that's works. When you give in the offering, you're not paying for anything. Amen. Um, it's not cash and carry in the church. It's, it's a faith operation all the way down the line. But Matthew chapter nine and, and, um, Jesus 18, uh, Jesus was speaking. A certain ruler of the synagogue came and worshiped him saying, my daughter is even now dead. But come and lay your hands on her and she'll live. Jesus arose and followed him. So did his disciples. And behold, a woman, which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be made whole. But Jesus turned about when he saw her, said, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Now, this woman was moved from works to faith. 
how can you tell she was in works when she was going to physicians? Because she didn't get any better. Amen. She didn't get any better. They had no answers for her, and she began to figure that out. And so when when the money ceased, the work ceased. At some point, your works have to stop in order for your faith to work. Whatever stops your works is a blessing. Amen. She ran out of money. Hallelujah. Amen. The doctors can't see her anymore. Praise God. She began to pay attention to something she hadn't paid attention to before. Amen. She heard about Jesus. Why do you think, now, think about it. It wasn't like he had just started his ministry, I don't think. You know, it's like her money ran out and then this new guy shows up all of a sudden. I don't think it was like that. I think she had been hearing about him for a while. She just inclined her ear this time because she's out of money. Amen. We always come to God when we're out of something. Amen. Out of ideas, out of works, out of friends, out of this, out of that. We're always destitute. And he loves us. He's not offended that you came to him last. I'll say it again. He's not offended that you came to him last. Amen. At least you came. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you know, it's like the, the nerdy guy gets a wife too. Somebody gonna find him attractive. Amen. <laughs> Am I right, Poppy? They be, they be doing their thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And go get one. Even if he the last man chosen. There's somebody for him. <laughs> There's hope for everybody. Amen. So anyway, but here she is and, and she, she said this within herself. Now it's, she, she must have switched conversations on the inside. Amen. And this is what we have to do to get the supernatural of God in our lives. You gotta switch your inner conversation. On the inside of you is where you make your plans, where your faith is, where your, your vision is, where your desires are, all of that. So you gotta switch your inner conversation to something that's going to let God's word come in, that's gonna let him, uh, begin to build faith on the inside of you. That's gotta change from what it was because she's run out of answers out there in the world where she is. But also she is trapped in that she can't go to anybody holy, you know, unless she knows that she's healed. That that was generally the law. Somehow she's not getting, her bleeding is not stopping. So she's kind of stuck. Somebody needs to help her. Amen. Uh, why they don't help her at the synagogue, I don't know. You know, they got rabbis, priests, all kind of people there. Somebody could come and visit her, pray for her, something. 
because that was allowed too. You know, prophets of old prayed for lepers because they wanted to be healed. And so really what's happened is she's probably turned her attention away from God's sources of help over into the world. Amen. So she's over there thinking that's where she's going to get her help from. She doesn't have to go through the routine of whatever she thinks she needs to go through by the Jewish law to get it. So she really kind of a little renegade over here, you know, by herself. She's unclean and, you know, she going to the doctors thinking, I just bypass the normal routine and I'll go get my healing someplace else. But she didn't bank on them not being able to help her. And she didn't bank on that herself running out of money. And see, this happens to people all the time. You know, they think, uh, well, you know, if, if I get sick, I've got good hospitalization. I can, I'm, I'm, everything's covered, you know, and, and then they go in and they can't find what's wrong with you and your insurance doesn't cover this test. But they think if you get that test, they'll be able to tell you something. So you start going deep in your own pocket instead of insurance and deductibles. And so many times what we're banking on isn't we can't cash it out. You got me? It's not going to materialize for you. And that's to your benefit. Because faith, once you start applying your faith, is really not that hard if you make up your mind you're going to do it. See, it's hard when you're on the outside looking in. It looks like, oh, I'll never be able to do. That lady confessed over that little child for two hours a day for two years. I'll never be. <laughs> See, that's what your mind, your mind look at that and goes tilt. Or you don't even consider yourself in that category. But if you think about it, if you think about it, if you if you make up your mind and you talk to God, God, I got to get rid of this disease that's in my body. What do I do? God might tell you, you just get in that word until I tell you to quit. Amen. You read your Bible for an hour. You listen to a healing tape for an hour. You worship God for an hour. That's like five hours right there, folks. Lillian Yeomans used to take people into her home and give them a scripture. This was, this was in the early 1900s. This was not, they had no tape recorders. They had no nothing except their own voices. And she would give them a scripture. Usually it was a Galatians 5, 13. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. This tuberculosis is a curse of the law and Jesus has redeemed me for, and I am redeemed from the curse of tuberculosis. And she would send them to their room and tell them to say that over and over and over again. When can I stop? You don't stop. Just keep saying it over and over and over again. Three days and people came out totally whole. You understand what I'm saying? Almost without fail. I mean, there might have been one or two who was trying to be hardcore, but she and her sister would get together and fast and pray and find out what the hindrance was. And they'd come in and bust them. You don't love your mother. You need to forgive your mother. You need to forgive your husband. 
You've been angry at your brother since you were small children. You can't nurse that no more and get healed. minute they call for the elders of the church, they confess their sin. God, forgive them. He'll walk out the door. You got me? And so these these things are real. These things we know. But you need to, you've got to change your inner conversation. If you're going to receive from God, you've got to change what you say within yourself. See, we think we can say anything on the inside and confess the word in front of the saints and we, we getting over on somebody. I'm going to say it again. We think we can think anything on the inside, say anything to ourselves on the inside and confess a good confession on the outside. But at some point that inside's going to tell on you. Amen. It's going to tell on you. So you have to meditate and and make that word whole in you. You make it solid. Make that what you really believe. You can't believe one thing one minute and something else the next minute. So the fact that she got cut off by the physicians, she th- there was no more inner conversation about let me get some more money together. I've heard about a new doctor. You got me? That conversation was ended. And she was left with nothing to think about that she used to put all her confidence in. That was gone. Amen? So now she's open to hear about something else. So she might have always been looking for a new doctor to go to. Then she hears about Somebody who's not a doctor, but he's getting the same results that the doctors do. Amen. That's, that's for all them WebMD addicts. You know, gotta go on a new website and find this. Oh, that one wasn't as good as this. Oh, this one's got something different on it. You understand what I'm saying? She's one of them kind of people. But then she heard about a different kind of doctor who didn't charge anything. He was healing people for free. Well, that got her attention. Amen. The fact that she didn't have to pay anybody. The only problem was he's a prophet. And they know stuff. And they can see stuff. And I can't be known and I can't be seen. Because I'm unclean. Amen. So how am I going to pull this off? Amen. And with the help of the Holy Spirit. She realized that all she had to do was touch him. He didn't have to touch her. He didn't have to see her. He didn't have to know her. She realized that there was a power in him that was doing the work. And he wasn't in control of what it did. Come on now. What was in control of what he did? Their faith. Gotta be true. Cause when her faith was applied, that power came out of him without his will being involved in it coming out. Or decision, I would say a mental awareness, mental decision. Jesus was always open to people's faith. So 
his will was if faith is employed, they got it. That's good news for us. Because if faith is employed, we got it. Nobody has to decide to give us anything. If faith, if our faith is employed, we got it. It's an automatic, it's a done deal. And so she comes to him and she doesn't want to be seen because she's figured some stuff out through the Holy Spirit. Amen. This isn't something you do just in your carnal mind. She's heard about Jesus and she's been meditating on that. You start meditating on where God's heart and where his mind is, he'll add to that. He'll start having conversation with you about them things. Amen. He'll start telling you how stuff works. He'll start telling you if you, if you do this, you know, have you ever considered that if you did it this way, it would work for you? And so when you start having those meditation conversations with God about his word and about what he's involved in, those conversations always bear fruit. So she had a Holy Ghost conversation within herself. And she said, if I can touch him, I will be whole. She made a decision. She didn't say, if I can touch him, I might feel better. If I can touch him, I might get, uh, you know, a little alleviation of symptoms for a minute. Because it's, it, in the past, it used to stop, but it always came back. You understand what I'm saying? And so she's not thinking on that level anymore. She's thinking, this thing is going to be over with. Amen. Because this man has the power to make me whole. I want to be whole. And in her desire to be made whole included her being able to be okay to come back into society again. Amen. See, she might have been made whole. See, this is the thing. If your healing doesn't bring you into a new expectation out of your life, then the old expectation could suck you back into your symptoms. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if she, if she knows she's healed on the inside, she knows the bleeding stop, but people still look at her as unclean and they begin to say that and her mind begins to get weak. And she, you understand what I'm saying? So wholeness is spirit, soul, body, and mind. Your mind has got to be healed. Your mind has got to know this can't come back again. Your mind has got to be solid in this thing being real. And once your mind is solid, and this is why Jesus had to stop her. She could have stole that healing and kimbled on out the same way she came in, I guess. But he stopped her. He made everybody in that crowd know he was looking for somebody. She was healed, but she wasn't whole. Amen? So this is where wholeness comes. Wholeness sometimes comes in the minister's words that minister to you. We, there was a friend of ours that, that uh, she's a minister as well. She came to one of the conferences and, and um, 
I noticed her, she came to every meeting and, and she, you know, had her group, you know, minute, uh, people in her ministry with her. She came to every meeting. I said, sister, I said, you said, what do you want God to do for you? I said, we're doing the healing school tomorrow. And she told me about some back issues that she continued to have. She said, I'm, I, I said, well, I know you're in the word. I said, I know you know what to do. She said, yeah, she said, but it just won't leave me. And um so anyway, when she came up for, I said, well, come to the altar. I said, when we have altar call, come on up and, and I'll minister, see if God has something he, he can show you. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, we uh did that. And when, when she came up, God reminded me of our the spirit of destruction prayer and all the different spirits that come into your soul first and then into your body to manifest weakness, infirmity, and pain. And so when when he reminded me of that, I asked her, I said, did anything traumatic happen to you? I said, when did this this start? And she told me, I said, did, did anything traumatic happen to you? Have an accident? She said, I really did. She said, I had an accident. She said, I thought it might be related to that. She said, but I just didn't, you know, you have knowledge, but you don't know what to do with it kind of thing. And so I explained to her how when you're, when you have a trauma, your will is suspended. You understand, you understand what's like, for instance, if, if, um, it's the deer in the headlights thing. If a deer comes into the middle of the road, they're paralyzed in fear, and you think, well, run, stupid. He can't run because his will is suspended. See, your will can cannot operate at certain times. Amen. Um, surgery is one of them. They put you to sleep. You, I mean, <laughs> try and get up or say something. Or be conscious. So when your will is suspended, you can't say yes or no to anything that happens to you. So the deer gets hit by the, by the Ford F450, <laughs> whatever. You understand what I'm saying? He's, he's deer sausage. Because his will is paralyzed and he can't decide to run, hide. He just has to stay there. So really what happens is during trauma, your will is suspended and then you get whatever spirit the devil puts in there because he's got your will paralyzed. You can't say, well, no, I don't receive arthritis. I don't receive weakness. I don't receive pain. You can't say any of that because... Through the trauma, you know, you're just <gasps> like that. You know, some somebody crashes into you. You're a <gasps> you understand what I'm saying? And so you need deliverance. You need somebody to tell them demons to let you go and come out of there. And uh, so when I began to explain that to her, she said, oh, she said, that's, I said, yeah. I said, why don't we forgive? She said, yeah, I forgive him. And. You know, we began to talk and minister, and she started to stand upright. The pain left. She stretched. Amen. Um, she was good. And I just told her, I said, just stay in the word. I said, just keep resisting. 
I say, because familiar spirits will try to settle in on you. You know that. And so, you know, from, from then on, I'm, I've never heard anything that she said. She wasn't well still. You understand what I'm saying? But, but see, that's wholeness. You gotta be made whole. You know, it's, and I don't just go back in somebody's, I didn't ask her just out of curiosity if something happened. You understand? God led me there. If God leads you there, it'll be effective. Amen. If you just can't go up to people and ask them what bad happened in their life. Come on now. So it, it has to be the leading of the Holy Spirit. So that's what God wants to do with all of us, make us whole. Sometimes you'll just be worshiping God and he'll show you some situation that happened in your life and you start to weep about it and you, you know, and, and you feel lighter. You got delivered of that. You're being made whole. We get made whole through God all the time. Amen. Now that doesn't mean you go making people conjure up bad memories. That's what psychiatrists do. Amen. That's not us. We, we have the scalpel of the word of God and it's only by permission of the Holy Spirit that you do these things. Amen. So Jesus turned about and saw. He said, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Amen. And she was made whole. So here she has a priest pronouncing her okay. That was the last bit that needed to be added so that she could be made whole. She's a member, functioning member of society again with no restrictions and no trap of the devil to to ensnare her again in in suffering rejection from people and all that kind of stuff. And so she she wants, so that's what we want, folks. We want 100% wholeness. We don't want symptoms to keep nagging at us and keep hindering us and jumping in your face and telling you, oh, you can't do that because you, you know, you this and you that. You you don't want that. You want wholeness. Amen. So it's by obeying that inner conversation, having that inner conversation with the Holy Spirit, where he begins to tell you how your wholeness is going to come about and then follow through on it. This would this when if she said within herself and then never went out to accomplish it, she never would have gotten anything. Amen. And we have so many inner plans sometimes to do this, that, and the other. You understand what I'm saying? And never do any of them. You need to try some of that stuff because some of it might be God. And it might lead to something very, very good in your life. Amen. Amen. So oftentimes doubt will come to your mind and say, well, I don't really need all that. I just, I just want to feel better. Well, you don't just want to feel better. See, that's like, uh, King, King Joash. I'm just gonna hit it enough to make me feel like I did something. He didn't want to keep fighting the Syrians. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> he wanted them to go after twice. Sometimes stuff don't go after twice. Amen. You just have to keep hitting it until you hit it and, and, and send it, you know, uh, hit it a death blow and finish that thing off. So just enough or just wanted or just anytime the word just gets involved, that's doubt and that's compromise. Amen. You don't just want anything. You want everything. You want everything, God. Everything Jesus bled and died to give you, you want it. 
Amen. If no other reason but to show him how much you love and appreciate what he's done. Amen. When you pursue things the way he tells you, that does him real good. That may he say, hey, somebody's getting it down there. Somebody's finally figured it out. I want them to have everything that's within their sights to have. A mother, amen. So many times you'll see this with people, uh, in their thought life. Um, 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 uh, say for instance, uh, somebody, a parent has cancer and they have small children. I just want to live long enough to, and that's, that seals the deal. They don't get any further. Amen. I remember, uh, some, some people were praying for a man, uh, and, uh, thought, and we're petitioning God to heal him. He was around 40 years old and, and, uh, God told his pastor, he said, um, laws of faith have been set in motion and they cannot be reversed at this time. It's too late to reverse them. Amen. So, and this man had always said he wouldn't live farther, uh, longer than 40. He knew he was going to die at a young age. See a familiar spirit, death spirit talking to him, and he just repeats and uses his faith to bring it to pass. You see what I'm saying? So so people can re- reverse them themselves, but in intercession, you can plead all you want for somebody. But if it's said already, you know, it, it won't be able to be reversed. But I thank God for his mercy that many people do want to be well. Amen. They do feel that they can live a long, healthy life and and just pray for them and allow God to use your faith to help their miracle to come to pass. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for your word and for everything you're doing for us in these healing schools. And thank you for the people on the Internet that that watch and and receive. And I thank you, Lord, uh, that we can allow you to heal us through our faith. Just believing we receive when we pray, and you do the rest. So we can't do the um, do the manifesting. You have to do that, but we can sure do the believing. And so we believe you, Father, spirit, soul, mind, and body. We are whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Does anybody need prayer? I can pray for you before we're done here. Praise God.